Good evening, Monadnock Region, and welcome to the new and improved Space Lounge. We're here, GOMO tonight, the Monadnock Region's only locally focused weekly comedy podcast. I'm your host, Chris DiLoretto, here with my lovely co-host. Zoe Roten-Heinzman. And the, the reason that you could see us doing this little jig uh, during that music, which hopefully worked, um, we'll find out after the fact, I guess. And this is, you know, to be sure... Chad, Sound Lord, we're not trying to cut you out of a job here or anything like that. Um, but uh, we have a new platform that we're testing out this episode. So hopefully it works out. We believe it's superior to our old one. So I'm not super concerned that the quality could possibly be that it would go down. Because um, the idea of all this actually it's a slightly more expensive. But we got some cool features as part of this. The audio and video quality are supposed to go up. And... It makes it really easy for me to like potentially play our our intro music, um, I think. So that's so usually Chad Soundlord, uh, who I mention at the end of every program, he adds that stuff in, um, and and you know does a great job mixing it. So we'll see if it's if it's a nice balance or not. But um, it's it's cool to try this out. If this platform works out, guys, you know we're uh, we're going to be able to do uh, live programs from this studio where you know to to like youtube and facebook and 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 for especially for any like audience lurkers out there uh we have the potential during these live broadcasts to actually have what are called audience members who you don't see on there but we can bring you on as like a caller we can have live call-in episodes um which is just you know that just sounds like a boatload of fun to me i hope it does to you as well uh so welcome this is the 19th of january 2023 um which is a decent year the celtics have just defeated the golden state warriors for the first time in this basketball season 121 to 118 in overtime um i say that because i have been looking over uh, my screens over here for the last uh, 20 minutes as we got ready um until the game ended and it just happened great game you know Rivals from the NBA Finals last season, they lost to them. It was very tragic. Um, and then this year, despite the fact that the Celtics are the best in the NBA and have just been beating the shit out of everyone, including absolutely, um, you know, uh, powerful teams, right? The Warriors, who've had a worse record than many of these teams, just come in and there's something psychological. They just like them. I mean, the Warriors are great, you know, but they just get in their heads and they just beat them. Not this time, everybody. Not this time. So anyways, this episode will probably come out um, in about a week, um, you know, maybe midweek next week. But the, the moral of the story here is that with the month rapidly coming to a close, this is already our final episode in the month of january what do you think about that time time passing um the month of january it's been quiet you know Qu quiet you know in terms of like events and stuff going on mm -hmm. not necessarily well there's been a yes there's been events um yeah. obviously um there's been there's yeah certainly in life 
Um, January is like well known as a weird month for homeschoolers. I don't know if this is true for like public school, but like you're done with the holiday season. And so you have these expectations that like you'll just put your head down and get a lot of work done in January. But everybody I know just like it just takes almost the whole month to kind of like recover and get get back in the groove. So it's, you know, but I think we're almost there. Yeah, well, I am. I'm sure it applies to public school as well. And if you remember, like going back many years, right, even even perhaps to my my first podcast, I think I used to talk about this. But like um, a lot of times in terms of like year planning and like getting my shit together and like this is how these are my goals for the year and like this is, you know, certain habits I want to do and like ways I want to, you know, priorities I want to focus on and things like that. um, I almost never actually get that shit all in line until around February 1st, otherwise known on the uh, pagan calendar as Imbolc, um, which, you know, will be happening within a few days of this episode. So it's, it's a thing. I really think so. Um, You can't, you, you kind of need January to like, all right, I know, I know what I want to do, but like, I, I just can't quite line it all up yet. And you sort of take them and it's not hibernation, everybody not saying that, but I do think it's okay to allow that process to sort of unfold. I do I do think it's almost impossible to like just go quick and jump right in. Yeah. Which yeah, hey, you know, I don't true. know, maybe it's an it's just an idea, but like um cuz I don't I don't either favor or oppose new year's resolutions. Like I don't really do it. Like I said, like I I tend to use the beginning of the year as an opportunity to like assess priorities and like try to figure out what's the best things I can do to accomplish those things. You know, I don't really like to, to say, you know, I'm going to immediately have this new habit on January 1st. But if I was to do that, I wonder if it would be easier for people if they gave themselves like the whole month of January as like a, a ramp up, like a slow start, like maybe I'll dabble in this a little bit. Like I'll try it out a few times and then, all right, February 1st, I'm, I'm going in on it. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe they would succeed more often. Yeah. Well, this year, too, like, don't we have, like, a bunch of planets that just turn direct? Yes. Like, Mercury retrograde, Mars, Mars Mercury, retrograde. you're into so that like, sort of thing, you know? If you're into that sort of thing. Could could help. It could help, you know? I think that's so. Not a, that's not an every year thing, but maybe that explains some of it. It happened. Year. Yeah, certainly happened. Yeah, this time, it's. I think it's. Um, it's very universal this time. Certainly the first two weeks in January, I don't think anybody was able to really get it together. Yeah. But um, what do you think about like when like for a while there, I was like, oh, it's post holidays, right? Like I'm usually hmm. like a take my tree down on epiphany kind of person. Yeah. Like, you know, I let it I'll let it go until 12 then. days of Christmas and all. Yeah. Um, respect, respect to the Eastern Christians as well. Wait, don't, don't they have like a totally different calendar? No, they well, yes. So but they do Christmas, I think, on the 7th. Um, because of the different of calendar. January? Yeah. Okay. So I guess, so like... It's when right is there... by Epiphany. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same... Right. So when would their 12 days of Christmas be over? I don't think they have like that. The... Oh. All right. I don't, I don't think they do that. <laughs> I see. I was I mean, like trying to... Do. I don't know. It, 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 would, it would go through um, much like of today. January. In any case, yeah, today. Go, yeah, go till today, yeah, go till today. So, if they are happy 12th night to the Eastern Orthodox, I've never heard them do that, but um, <laughs> I love your I, I love your iconography, 
Um, and I, I hope that you have magical traditions for this twelfth night. Well, I was trying to like formulate an argument that it might still be acceptable for now to be like Christmas season. Sure. Because I don't know, just throwing that out there. Because I did, well, I why, did. Is that why there's still decorations up in in our government? I, this is what I'm wondering. Because because we did notice last last Thursday we haven't been there in a week but last Thursday there were Christmas wreaths all over the library. Yes, and and as nice. like, I don't have any. This isn't a complaint for me. No, anyways. no, no. I, I like the wreaths. It's not a complaint. I just want to know when Peterborough's official end of Christmas is, and wondering if perhaps they followed like the Orthodox calendar. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just one of those things wondering. where they go out a month just to cover their bases and make sure everybody's included kind of thing like george washington and abe lincoln just yeah, hell yeah. mlk every everybody's in everybody's in um yeah well and actually you know it's an interesting point because i um you know whereas some people and of course this is a raging debate every year some people get mad and some people really like it i try not to fall into either of those camps but you know people start christmas very early you know and to me the better way to expand the Christmas season is to just not end it on Christmas or New Year's, you know, um, which is the traditional way is to, is to continue a little bit into January. Um, so whatever the reason that our town government is, has for this expansion, it's I think it's probably for the best. So uh, not meant to be a criticism at all. Yeah, no, I just no, but I it's happen curious. to notice it's certainly, it's certainly a curiosity. Yeah, I think the wreaths and the swag still still decking the the townhouse exterior. One gripe I have is that I didn't see the fire station lit up this year. They usually do bright white lights, or sometimes colored mm -hmm. lights, maybe on across the fire station, and they blast them all night, hmm. and. I could be wrong. Maybe they had them and they shut them off and I drove by at a late time or something. But like, I don't remember seeing those lights and I liked them. So if you're listening. Maybe they're just, Ed maybe Walker. they're just waiting until they have a new. Yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe it's like no, no lights until you guys vote us a new complex, which is fair. I, if, I mean, if I was the fire department, I might, I might take that position. I, so. All right, if that's your reasoning, guys, I think that that's fair. I support the fire station. Let's get it up there and let's put in the budget for the new fire station like some kind of like built-in holiday lights that can just be turned on with a special switch during the right months of the year. Mm. It should go red, white, and blue on July 4th, too. You know what I mean? I you was can just change thinking colors like and shit, different you know? colors. For, yes, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Maybe like pink and white for Easter or something like that, you know? Like. Mm orange for halloween oh man this would be yep. so good and i bet you it wouldn't cost that much we're already it's going to be a bunch of millions like you can throw in like another couple thousand for this light system <laughs> you know what i mean i think anyways <laughs> should amend it you know at town meeting when that yeah item comes up can we do we think yes i mean wouldn't that be so much fun actually when this is being discussed to like raise that as a point be like it's not a necessity but we cannot underestimate the impact of positive morale among Peterboroughians, right? Um, and it just flipped right off your tongue, Peterboroughians. Yeah, Peterboroughians. <laughs> um, and well, you know, we've been tense 
there's been a lot there's been a lot going on i think a little bit of beauty coming from the new fire station is important i i can't argue with that yeah so but you know i mean i mentioned in bulk by the time this episode comes out we're nearly there and this is you know considered like it well it's not considered it it is the halfway point of the season of winter like on the on the calendar and um so that means you know six weeks until the first day of spring and my birthday which is not exactly the right day but it's right around there um and so that's coming up um but it's interesting i i was just um i commented on this um to zoe earlier as i, I came across i got an email and one of the email lists you know many things that subscribe to anyways and it was it was just mentioning the fact that you know um lamas you know, it comes out of, you know, pagan cultures of, of Northern Europe, essentially. And, you know, I have this problem. And, and, do, and, and do I have... You mean, do you mean Imbolc or are you trying to talk about Lamas as well? I meant Imbolc. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't know why I went that way. Um, but I meant Imbolc, which is February 1st, not Lamas. Sorry, that's August 1st. That's the opposite one. It's that, right. that's, that's the exact opposite point of the calendar is um, Lamas. But no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Imbolc, right? And, you know, it's this, you know, old, ancient in the agricultural societies thing. Right. But anyways, I got this G I, I have I have major, major issues with with geography. And it's um, I'm not that terrible if you like give me a map and tell me to like fill in the countries, although like, you know, don't ask me to do like Africa or, you know what I'm saying, or, or South America. Like I, I will fuck it up. Um, but, you know, I can do like the U.S., Europe, the Middle East um asia um fairly well you know I, I would fuck some shit up but not too bad right it, you know if i'm looking at the map but in my head right there's a lot of places that i imagine actually being in different places and um you know in the u.s that manifests where like oftentimes i just believe that like it should be north and south dakota that are up against like the long arm of idaho not montana montana should be on the other side mm. right and I seem to be getting better about this because I looked at a map today and I, I, I wasn't unhappy about it. Like I was like, well, maybe it is like, maybe it should be like that. Um, I also have issues where a lot of times, and again, this is getting better too, but it used to be that I just really wanted like the upper Midwest, Minnesota and Wisconsin to swap places with Michigan. I want Michigan and the Great Lakes on the other side of those places, followed by Montana followed by north and south um that's in my head where all of those places should be right so so i just my brain just can't really remember the the layout of of actual world right but one thing that just baffles the shit out of me right and somehow and because i have you know i got a globe behind me i i have always been fascinated by globe so it's not like i've never looked at this but like it just i just never really grasped or like drew my hand around but like how until my 30s i swear to god or close to it how far north all of europe is right like if you just like match it up you know in terms of like where it is in terms of its relation to the equator and the north pole right it's up in like saskatchewan you know like i mean like um and it's something like, um, well, let me just fucking, we're going to, I'm not going to be able to show this to you, but I'm going to do this so that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. 
Um, well, I know that where I grew up in South Carolina, we're like where Morocco is. Yes. And like where where we are in, you know, cold ass New England, right? It's like the southern half of France and like northern Italy is is the European equivalent, right? And if you go up to say like Great Britain, right? They are literally up at the top. They're practically, you know, the the like parts of Scotland are basically in line with the the bottom of Greenland, right? Um, but if you just go straight across from like the middle of the UK or like Ireland, right, you're going into Newfoundland. Like you're like a a little bit above Newfoundland, so like you're like really fucking far to the north, and um. The, the second part, though, of that that I also didn't realize until around the same time in my 30s. Because, I, you know, I, I, I am not. I'm not really that shy about the fact that I'm 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 a I'm a fairly. U.S. centric person <laughs> and I and I don't and, I, and I'm not too and it's not that it's not an ignorance thing. Right. But at the same time, I think part of it comes out of the fact that Britain um, a lot of stories like, say, A Christmas Carol, for example, right? It's a story set in London. But there's so many American adaptations of that story, and they all show that there's a shit ton of snow, right? Like, because, uh, uh -huh. right? It doesn't fucking snow in England. Like, hardly, like, I mean, they, it's not like the snow is foreign to them, and like, but they see snow, you know? But it doesn't really snow there. Like, they don't get piles of snow in London on Christmas. Um, <laughs> and... So that's like an American interpretation of this British story, you know, for American okay, audiences. And I've always just sort of bought into it, right? And I think of, um, you know, of course, like even, um, even say like Narnia, right? Where it's always, you know, in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, which is written by a British guy. It's even that's written like there's tons of snow because in Narnia, it's always winter and never Christmas. And like everyone's riding around on sleighs and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Even C.S. Lewis wanted winter to be like it is in America, you know, um, and um, like so they're way up there. And so, yeah, so that's what, you know, when people talk about the Gulf Stream, you know, the Gulf, you know, Gulf of Mexico, warm water. It doesn't come here. It like bounces off and goes up to Europe. And that's why all of Europe gets to be. That's why like Italy and the Mediterranean aren't cold like New England or like the northeast of the United States and why England isn't, you know, like the northern reaches of Canada um, and like Alaska and shit is, is where it's aligned with. Um, so it's weird for me to think about the fact because the, so the, back to the email, like it referenced the fact that, say, the Irish, it was written by an Irish guy, the Irish folk, when they would celebrate in bulk, there were wildflowers growing on February 1st. And so it's like, it's, it's still winter, the season of winter, you know, for them, it's still the cold season, but their second half of winter, things are starting to grow. Yeah. And that's similar with what you know, right? It's true. It's true. In February, February is the month that daffodils bloom in South Carolina. Like that's, I always think of like daffodils in February. It's, so that's so that's so. just like a crazy it's like a crazy concept to me, you know, um, and his point was almost like it struck me a little bit as, you know, again, because these traditions kind of came out of northern Europe. Right. Where in, you know, in most cases, no, granted, you get into like you keep going 
um, east into like, you know, Germany and shit. And it does get colder. You know, it's, you know, you're further away from the ocean. You know, it's the ocean that's keeping all of these places warm. Um, but nonetheless, this this these warmer areas where these traditions came out of and and it's it's actually it's not the same thing, but it's a little bit like when somebody in Australia celebrates Christmas in the summertime. Right. Mm-hmm. Christmas is supposed to be the winter solstice. It's not really correct. For, even though, like, yes, you know, Christians who don't want to consider any other factors would be like, no, it's because Jesus was born that day. So it doesn't matter what season it is. But that's bullshit. Like, that's not how Christmas was put on that date. That's not how it works. Right. It's supposed to be a winter thing. Um, so, again, it's not opposite like it is, nor you know, winter and yeah. summer like that. But it is sort of like if it's a holiday that true you know really had as as a part of it this like beginning stages like palpable of spring you know or like you pointed out there's like the young of the animals right and they they can nurse yeah because i think i'm i'm pretty sure that that the word of in bulk means like in milk you know so it's like it's the time when when milking starts again and like you can right but if we have farms that's not true here is it it is yeah it is like they do start lambing. Cows came from Europe. What's that? Is it because the cows came from Europe? It's a good question, and I think that like I think that there are farmers who, you know, mess with that timeline a little bit so mm. that they don't necessarily have the the babies being born in the depths of winter. But mm-hmm. my understanding is that that is like lambing baked season in, is in the depths the of winter. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe there's not much you can do about it, and maybe it is because the animals came from Europe. I don't know, but yeah, I do or know like even like you know you hear. I mean, lambs were you know they they've been, but like any place that I know of lambs in like early human civilization, right? It's warmer than it is here, um, you know. So I think all the lambs came from somewhere warmer than this. Yeah, and and I guess that doesn't affect their reproductive cycle yeah they can't i don't think they can evolve fast enough right because they've only been here for a few hundred years which is not a very long time in a biology way you know yeah um um so yeah when like when when the when the sheep are up at four winds like the babies are being born like in the depth of the snow all right but also but i will say i will say my chickens take a winter break we i don't supplement them with like light to make them lay all winter which is mm-hmm. something that some people do and right. they start laying again around in bulk because i think too. i think just like the days are long enough mm. i think it's just about like the power of the sun at that time and like yeah. maybe it's having different effects depending on your climate but um i think it's like the length of the day and the power like the strength of the sun that's makes sense that really it's triggering something. these changes within yeah 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 that's how i like to think about it interesting but the the other part of this and this is kind of a veering off to the side sort of thing um <laughs> is uh you know some of the fears about like so, you know a possible cata- catastrophic impact of climate change is the disruption of the Gulf Stream. Because like, what if it stopped doing that, right? Because right. of how north they are, they would just be fucked. They become like Russia, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the whole the whole goddamn place like it would be, which I think has happened. I mean, I think that like those like micro ice ages that Europe had, like, 
I think there was like an extra small one actually in the 1800s, not that long ago, but like yeah. before then, you know, there was a big one, I want to say like 1100s in the middle ages somewhere um, for like a hundred years, maybe 200 years where it was like real fucking cold in like all of Europe. Um, so I think it's happened here or there, um, but they really, it becomes like a little mini ice age. Yeah. I, I remember that being a really big deal. Like 15 years ago, I remember reading like scare pieces about how like that was good. That was going to be it. Like if that happened again, like that would be, It'd it, be it for them. Civilization. We don't, we don't depend on the Gulf stream, you know? And then it <laughs> makes me think like, what if it just like bounce back around and we could have like mm. tropical ass New England. I mean, I know that makes a lot of people upset. I know a lot of people are like, if we don't have snow, New England will die. Um, I don't agree. I think it will live <laughs> more prosperously, you know, like it would be wonderful. And like, you know, I don't mean to say fuck them about the Europeans, but you know, fuck them. Um, I'll take, I'll take that Gulf stream. If somebody's going to, you know, we, if we can't save everybody, Give me the Gulf Stream. And we can just like, we can like ship them our plow drivers who. Absolutely. Absolutely. Need, well, need and also like, think about what it would do in terms of like opening up um, opportunities for living and agriculture and, you know, commerce all the way up like coastal Maine as well. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. like, these places that are like, you can't like just do that. You, you can't really live that much up there. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's people there and stuff, but like, it's so Arctic that it's, it's economically and like populationally limited. Um, mm -hmm. and, and agriculturally, certainly very limited. Right. Um, so there would be, there would need to be migrations, I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, I think that there is opportunity there. Yeah, I mean, humans have dealt with that for tens of thousands of years, right? Yeah, no offense, Europe. I'm sorry, but um, I don't know. You guys decided to decommission your nuclear plant. You know what I mean? Like, and now you're dependent on the Russian oil and it's going to get really cold. Like, it's not, they're not good I, moves. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before. Like, when when I was in Germany in October, like it was I don't think you said this, no. It was a rule that you couldn't wash your hands with warm water. Like yeah. to save energy. Like they were already there in October. Like got a cold only. Not good. Not good. Not good. We don't want that to happen here. And I, it's again I may have pretended like I didn't understand that sign. Stupid old American, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't I, I don't know, you know. I, like, <laughs> That's my German accent. I was thinking it was just more a, a generic, like, you can't really tell where I'm from. It's like a mixture of, like, a lot of different stereotypes. But I, no comprende. I, well, no, I remember everybody there thought I was French. And, like, people kept coming right. up to me and speaking yeah. French. So, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything. I don't, I say, I don't know in French. I, you know? Je ne comprends pas. Oh, nice. It's my so you, really bad French. I have yeah, a terrible you, French accent. Yeah. But. Yeah. Like, look at this stupid French American chick. Like, doesn't. wasted our energy. Quebec. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's my accent. <laughs> um, you know, to that point, though. Um, you know, there's, there's a. So, 
you know, I, and, and I should just say, like, I just because I feel like I'm obligated because this comes up a lot because there's a lot of people in Peterborough who just have never gotten over this. But like, you know, look, I was I was 18, 19, 20 once, too. And I heard about like what a paradise Europe is, you know, and what wonderful, benevolent and enlightened countries are. It's like, you know, do you know that like they don't believe in God and there's no poor people and everything that you ever need could be taken care of? by the government you know and like well you know and and in those days it's like i wish more americans knew about other countries and 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 it's you know we're, we're so ignorant and like we just we're, we're so focused on ourselves and like we don't know all this stuff right but like what what changed my mind about all of this was actually learning about the other countries because you have to like not know that much about them to like actually think that they're a paradise where everyone's alive and where no one believes in god because actually like their religious people are like they're not they're not um missouri evangelicals you know but like they also, I mean, like, it was like, I don't know, like only like five years ago that like the French were having riots in some places about like gay marriage legalization, like against it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, they're not irreligious over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they we, we did gay marriage years before they did. Um, and just for, for one instance, right, their social programs are being like carved back in Britain like poverty has like um like ski graft past americas like there's like twice mm -hmm. as much poverty in britain than there is here now um, and they and they're like you can talk about socialism and they have like you know social democrats but they also have like fascist right-wing parties that yeah, are no like shit. mainstream yeah and know? the scandinavians are the worst example of that these supposedly um you know like the most benevolent, the most enlightened of them all are always the Scandinavians. You know what I mean? And they fund their social programs with oil and you got to be white to live there. You know, like, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, they don't fuck around with that. Like, that's why they're all Swedes in Sweden, you know, like, like that's really how it is. And, and, you know, you have to twist yourself in knots as a, as a Europe fetishizer to defend this, you know, because like, the you know I, I i mean i don't know how you do um but that's that's how the that's how it works you know but anyway so i like to point those things out but um you know there's there's been a lot of changes in the eurozone obviously um you know britain left the the eu and um but like probably the biggest one uh, was um and and i'm not we in in there's no point in taking that much time to go go through the reasons here anyways but like you know angela merkel ran germany for almost 20 years and as the leader of germany very very powerful woman you know probably the most powerful european leader of the 21st century so far she really held it all together um but like since her departure like the her successors in germany um have they they've neither really been able to lead germany nor the eu in the same way that she i mean she really had a, a singular power um and you know our friend macron in france um has been very overtly trying to sort of take the lead with that um, and, and make France the um, kind of de facto um, Eurozone leader. And, and he's succeeding, I think, in a lot of ways to certain degrees. Um, not entirely. Like, I think he, you know, when it came to Ukraine, uh, especially early on, if you look at his statements, he was much more resistant to 
complete support for Ukraine, for refusal to talk to Putin, for a willingness to get off of Russian gas, which I think France is actually less dependent upon it than other places like Germany um, and such. Uh, I think France still has a, a lot of nuclear power plants that are still um, working fine. And I, I think that they're a little bit more insulated. But from a strategic perspective, uh, he didn't believe that that was a good idea. But I don't think he was successfully able to chart another course. You know, I mean, the the, the whole European bloc very much went along with the the American, um, the, the NATO. Um, it, it, he He wasn't able to essentially he wasn't able to really go against the will of NATO, which like is the will of the United States, um, for those of you keeping score. Um, but, you know, talked about basketball a minute ago, just a little aside. Um, NBA president David Stern was over in France today with our friend Emmanuel Macron, forming a alliance between the NBA and France. And the NBA in France... Um, so the NBA will um, cooperate more closely with, I forget the name, but the French Basketball League, and they will begin doing like events and stuff in France sometimes. And together, the NBA and the French, I mean, actually, as I'm saying this out loud, this is so delightfully colonial. The NBA and the French are going to head up basketball operations in Africa, um, or like they're going to manage the promotion of and growth of basketball in in the african nations um yeah in, interesting actually saying that out loud um <laughs> hopefully nobody minds um well i guess we'll find out but the point i'm making is not about recolonization um but that um you know they made the nba is making the deal with france you know like that that should tell you something about who is in charge of Europe right now. Um, I'm half kidding, but like kind of not really like the, I think that that's, you know, um, the NBA is quintessentially an American enterprise and as is basketball and um, it's spread and in, in, in diplomacy through the lens of the spread of basketball. Um, I don't, I'm like, again, I'm half joking, but like the other half is like, I don't know that we would say that that's entirely insignificant. Hmm. Something to consider. Or is it that France is still somewhat like the key to Africa, like African basketball? Possibly that's, that's an interest, but, but even so, I don't know that that's contra the point though. You know what I mean? Because if France is, is still the key, then it's like, then we're saying that France is the leading ne are we saying neo-colonial re-colonial power, you know, still colonial power, um, which itself would make them the leader of Europe, you know, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Ever since we've invented colonialism, I think that that would, would be the case. Um, so in, in just interesting to consider, but anyways, uh, let's hope that, I don't know, when I think about, because I like my Southern European, um, you know, compadres in the south of France, in Italy, in Greece, and I don't really want them to be cold, um, you know, all jokes aside. I hope they get to keep their warmth. Uh, I'd like a, I'd like a piece of it, you know, but like, I don't, I don't need to do it at their expense. That's, I'm just kidding about that. But while we're still in winter, and we are beginning to get some snowstorms, 
I I want to talk about um, our relationship as a society with plow drivers and the the plow and everything. And there's two posts, and and, and actually Facebook was kind enough to show them to me almost back to back. These are in the um, censored Peter Bro group. I, I didn't check to see if they're if they're cross posted over on the freedom side. Um, but uh, it's a post by I'm sure a very lovely person, um, a um, New Hampshire Department of Transportation plow driver named Shannon Lefave. Uh First post that I'm I'm just going to tell you them in the order that I'm seeing them. I'm not sure if it's chronological, but it doesn't matter. We have a storm coming Thursday into late Friday for those of you who don't look at the forecast. Plan to leave earlier than usual. We at NHDOT, as well as downtown DPWs, will be plowing the roads at 22 to 24 miles per hour, and we will not pull over for you to go by. Also, please don't crowd the plows. Thank you. 251 likes or reactions, I guess. I'm sure there, there's a variety of them. You know, 29 comments, which almost all of them are um, just people just falling over themselves to like express their gratitude to the plow drivers. Um, just absolutely just with all their heart wanting to make sure that he knows how grateful they are. And 25 shares even on this thing, right? There's even a guy with a blue check mark who commented on this. Like a, a Facebook confirmed public figure named Jordan Golson, who is let's find out who this who is this guy. Golson? Golson. Car reviewer, transportation reporter. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Public man. He's a car car reviewer. That's kind of cool. When I was a kid, I used to really like car review magazines. I didn't grow up to be like a car guy, but I, I don't know. Cool. Good. That's nice. Um, but he, he chimed in to be like, everyone should get winter tires. And, and sure, I agree. Listen to, the, listen to the transportation report. Anyway, next post. It's a picture of, this one's a picture of the plow. Um, oh, this one was second. Okay, so I am going in order. The other one he posted like a day ago, 12 hours later, didn't even wait a full day. He said, it's this, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to fucking read this. He sh this is a, a post shared by somebody else. And it, actually this other person who's trying to go viral must be a New Hampshire DOT guy because that's what the picture of the plow is in the original mm -hmm. post. This is like, you get annoyed with them. You're supposed to be at your appointment 20 minutes ago. Now you're stuck behind them. You complain about them because you can do a better job sitting in your warm house typing on a keyboard. You don't always appreciate this. It's just this going on like and talking about how the plow driver is a husband, a dad, a grampy, a brother, a son, and a friend. And, you know, again, 123. So maybe le less positive than the other one, but um, more shares, though. 49 shares, 13 comments. But... Excuse me, 123 likes. And I guess I, I'm heartened by the fact that slightly fewer people commented. So it's like people didn't feel like they had to say them twice. So like, look, 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 for the love of God, I just want to be clear. I love the plow drivers. They're great. You know, it's great. They do a great job. I'm very happy that the roads get plowed. That's fucking awesome, you know? Um, and I don't crowd the plow drivers. I don't drive around the plow drivers. I know that they're going slow. And in fact, I love it 
when it's really shitty out and I end up in a line of cars behind the plow because you know what? The road's going to be great. And that's what I want. I don't want to hurry in the snow because I'm not a fucking moron. And I do have winter tires, you know, I, I want to be safe and get where I'm going. And, you know, you'd have to be stupid to, to tailgate a plow because if you can't stop and you hit them, I mean, those things are big and tank like, and your car's going to get fucked up, you know? So like, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm, and I'm real thrilled that they're out there. Um, I, I had this conversation, I think, on my Facebook page, but not, not on the pod, like sometime during the break. But it's like, and I just don't feel like displays like this are necessary for like a couple of reasons. One, because like, while it's like nice to be nice to other people, and I think, like I said, I think that I am, I don't fuck with the plow drivers while they're driving. I don't get mad at them. Like that's stupid, you know, to do that. And I know that people do. Um, but we also don't, we don't know every paid profession, uh, debt of gratitude, you know, because they, they do their jobs. Like we, they get paid like, and, and they get paid, we pay them, they get paid with tax money, you know? And it's so, you know, yeah, like that's, that's, you know, to quote Don Draper a little bit, like that's what the money is for, you know, is that's, that's our thank you. And, and, you know, there's, um, these are in a lot of cases, um, you know, whether at the town or state level, um, there's sometimes unions involved, but in any case, there's contracts involved and they're not low wages and they get overtime over, um, the 40 hours that's, you know, which if there's a bunch of snow that, that, you know, they get paid, they're compensated and they're fairly well compensated for this. Um, and they do a great job, but again, that is what the money's for. And we're really getting a little bit obscene here. Like I, 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 and I, I am always friendly to anyone, you know, like whether they're behind a counter, you know, whether they're plowing or they're delivering the mail or anything else. I, you know, I, I really do. I, I try to, um, make sure that their interaction with me in that day was a good one, you know, and, and that, that I'm, you know, I really, honest to God, like I'm never a dick, but we started, I feel like it started with nine 11 where it was, I, I, you know, usually I say it started with the troops, but I guess it started with the police and firefighters before we even went to war. Um, right. That hadn't occurred to me, but it was, it was the police and firefighters first you know, um, because they are public servants who um, have very dangerous jobs for public safety. Okay, okay, I understand. And, you know, they did, of course, very heroic things when the Twin Towers came down. Um, then when we went to war, you, you thank all the soldiers um, for their service um, because we went to war. And again, okay, um, at least in theory, they, they, you know, they um, are serving the country, putting their lives on the line. We in a democratic society in theory we asked them to do this and they're doing it for us like okay but then you know just like over the years since and with a lot of acceleration from covid you know covid it became teachers and nurses too and then also but maybe sometimes any clerk in a retail environment because they're at risk of covid because they're essential and they have to keep the stores open and then it's mailmen and package delivery people and um and, and, and now we extend it to the plow drivers and we don't have to say thank you or tip everyone, you know, like we don't because, because tipping goes next, you know what I mean? Because then it's like, well, you have to tip the mailman, you know, 
Um, and you have to tip the UPS guy and like all this stuff. Like, they make a full wage. You know what I mean? It's not a tipping profession. It's not friggin', um, two fifteen an hour. Um, and I'm a good tipper. That's the other thing is that, like, I don't, I'm not a stingy guy. Like when I'm at a restaurant, I always tip like 25%. And you know what? It's easier math. You know what I'm saying? Like it's real fucking easy to throw down 25% and like, in, you know, off the top of your head and everybody likes it and it's good. And I, and that's how they make their money. And so I do that. Right. But not, I mean, again, I don't have anything against the mailman, but I don't owe him anything either. He has to do that. That's the law. Like it's, you know, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> And like in a society, like in a big economy, right? And especially like a globalized economy, right? We all depend upon everybody else, you know? Like you guys need me to be the product manager for this random app for this food service company because if any giant hunk of this economy was pulled out, who knows what the cascading domino effect would be, right? So we're all serving one another in every role that we take in society and Therefore, we can just, why don't we just say that the gratitude is assumed? We're all thankful to everyone else for just living and interacting and, and like doing work of some kind and like commerce of some kind and like participating together because it just keeps the whole thing going. But we don't have to think. And the scolding, the people who do crowd the plows and do drive around them and stuff, you know, I think that there's a lot of overlap between them and the people who crash, you know, because like one of the reasons I don't do that, because my first priority in the snowstorm is I'm not going to be one of the people who crashes this time. You know, it's a good rule and it works. I haven't crashed in the snow in years. You know what that that post, the second post where it's like he's a brother, he's a father or whatever, like that Who's reminds me them. <laughs> It reminds me of those like old Budweiser commercials, like the real men of genius. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Remember it was those. like yeah. it was like over the top, like thank you, Mister like grocery cart wrangler, and it yeah. like you know just like turns him into a hero. It reminded me of that. that. That's, that's kind of what it's like, and you know, like yeah, like but like who? It's like are people like like throwing eggs at their truck at the plow? You know what I mean? Everybody likes the plow. You know what I mean? Like nobody hates the plows. You know, like it's, it's just so like, and yes, occasionally somebody might grumble because of the order in which the town operations or the state operations plowed their street or something like that. That's just natural. Don't try not to take it personally, plow drivers. You know, it's not a hatred. We don't think that you're not, you don't have a family. You know what I mean? <laughs> like no, he was just bred for this to be a plow driver. They, they let him out as soon as he was old enough to, to drive the thing. And that's all. And when it's not snow season, he is um, like in a retirement village or something like and that's his only purpose. Like no one thinks that, you know, even if they're irritated, you know, it's not it's not a personal thing. But anybody who's going to do the things that you're complaining about in here are also the people who don't give a fuck about your post. They're assholes. Like, because you have to be stupid to know not to, to not know not to crowd a plow or to drive around them or why the plow is going slow. Yeah. I'm going to get you a, two bumper stickers for your birthday. Don't cool. crowd the plow and I break for moose. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another one. You should put, you should wear them both with pride. On your so, car. I mean, 
you know, breaking vermouth is something that we haven't talked about on the show, but I've just been wondering of late, actually been wondering my entire life. My buddy Billy, when I was in like second or third grade, he went like his family went somewhere like, you know, to like the White Mountains or like Vermont or something. And like he bought this bumper sticker that said break vermouth that could save your life and like put it on the headboard of his bed. He really liked it, you know, and I was like, what the fuck, you know, and he's like, it could save your life like the moose will kill you. And I was like, you know, all right, that's just like a weird thing to kick to talk about. Right. But it's still going on 30, 30 years later. Right. And I just want to know why we have to call it out. Like, because half of everybody that I know breaks for squirrels. Right. You know what I mean? Like people fucking break for everything. And if you if you've ever seen a moose, like there's no illusion I mean, like a deer will bang up the front end of your car if you like accelerate into it. Like a a big enough turkey can put a, a decent little dent in you if you were to just. Do you, do you know that from experience? No, I just know how much they weigh. You know what I mean? Like it's an animal. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a you know kafunk. You know, like if you if you just like you know you maybe you don't care about that, but most people do. I think, and most people aren't driving. You know, this isn't the well, '70s where we're all driving like steel tanks. That you know. Well, that's what made me think of it is like the people, the people who are not going to break for animals might be the same people that are not going to, you know, that are going to like go around to plow and they may be unreachable. Like if you see this like 500 pound horse on stilts with antlers, that is a moose like blocking your path and you're like, I'm going to teach this bastard a lesson. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if. You you are unreachable. There's no public service campaign that's going to help you. Like every oh, man, just, uh, a moose weighs more like a thousand pounds. Just a thousand pounds. You needed then. to yes. fact check that. God Almighty, a thousand pounds. Like you see this that's crazy this, this beast. Like the it's it truly is like it's maybe the only thing that's around here that's potentially more terrifying than a bear. And it, it I mean it's arguable because it looks like less of a monster, but just size wise. It's like it's monstrous. I don't know, like that those horns and that nose—that's a monster. It's monstrous. Bears are kind of cute. I know, but they've got that snout that can just eat you. You know, <laughs> like because the moose—if if the moose is gonna kill you, right? It's gonna kill you with its hoof, most likely, or I guess yeah. it could butt you with its antlers, right? But like, it's not gonna eat you with its teeth and to me there's just something slightly more frightening than about being killed by sharp jaws or sharp claws you know both Uh of those are are are, but either way it's a scary thing and no one in their car or truck is just going to be like yolo you know like i mean (laughs) i I, like what so why do we tell each other this like you know you don't it's just an unnecessary message um but yeah God bless you, Shannon, and thank you so fucking much for driving the plow. But we get it. The decent people are not going to fuck with you, but we can't really do anything about the indecent ones. Right? All right. Um, We've got a little bit left in the program. Um, I do want to talk just a tiny bit about um, what we haven't looked at the... um, not that 
most of the time it's felt like missing out, but we haven't, we, we'd be remiss if we never looked at the newspaper um, to see what's going on. And I think there's a couple of things worth uh, maybe mentioning in there. Maybe, maybe one. What was Probably one. The MLK celebration thing, the right? The MLK celebration. That. Yeah. And what's interesting is not what is on the page, but what is not on the page. All right, should I try to show the whole? Yeah, I might as well hold it up. I don't know if people can see it. This is in the edition that came out today, Thursday the 19th. If anybody's a subscriber and has this, this like, you can see this for yourself. This is like Hancock's layout. Celebration. Oh. Like a big old photo layout of their MLK Day celebration, which happened earlier this week. Not much text, but like three, you know, two, one huge picture and like three smaller pictures. Um, and the text is just um, the Hancock Conversations on Race group held its fifth annual celebration honoring the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Monday at Hancock Congregational Church. The theme was beloved community and speakers talked about it. It's basically neat. what the blurb said. Well, so um, I was told after the fact, um, I wasn't aware of this. I wasn't super familiar with this event. I wasn't keeping up with it. Um, no offense to Martin Luther King. Um, they didn't, my company didn't give us that day off. You know what I mean? It just, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really commemorate it, but um, so I missed that. Uh, but our friend, uh, friend of the pod and representative of Hillsborough 33, Jonah Wheeler, uh, was one of the headliners of the event. And um, he's not mentioned or pictured there, which I find unusual. And yeah. I obviously, don't have enough information to like levy accusations here. And I'm sure, I'm sure that there's at least a reason that can be said uh, to explain it, whether or not it's true. But I find it curious that I was about a month ago, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Um, it was, it was our, our first attempt at a Christmas episode, actually. So it was a little bit more than a month ago. Um, we pointed out that, um, you know, the paper did this gigantic profile, very uncritical, didn't didn't call anybody, didn't fact check anything, didn't do anything about Ivy Van, um, who, as everyone knows, lost the race, the three-way race for Hillsborough 33 because of Jonah. Um, usually you don't do that giant profile on the loser. You do it on the winner. And they did not ever do one on Jonah and he he knows and he did he mysteriously didn't appear in that article and now he doesn't show up in this article so it's kind of like is there a freeze out here you know is there a is there a is Jonah being blackballed coverage wise I mean sometimes I think we know a little bit about what that's like um you know so it wouldn't be unusual uh, actually, I, w I do think it would be unusual in that case because he's our elected representative and he's a very charismatic mm. fellow um, who has a lot of great things to say. And, you know, everyone really likes his presence, you know, so it, it's yeah, he would be the first one you would take a picture of and, and like get a quote from for something like that. You know, if you were just trying to sell papers, you know what I mean? Like or, or you know, show the most exciting thing you can, you would show Jonah. Um, so there's there's definitely, you know, no rational explanation for this i don't know i don't know it's interesting that uh it's interesting i find it a little suspicious yeah um what, what? I, yeah got, are you talking about the sculpture 
Yeah, I want to talk about the sculpture. So yeah. I know there's this like giant picture of this like it's two hands. There's like a darker hand and a lighter hand. It looks like perhaps a pit bull, you know, severed them at the wrist here. But it reminded me of that new sculpture in Boston, like the the of Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King, like embracing. But it's just their arms, and it's like so we have our own little mini like headless, you know, disembodied limb embrace sculpture here like what's out there in the collective unconscious that is making two disembodied martin luther king sculptures appear in new england on like the same day you know like what's like that's kind of a weird weird right and it's a weird choice for for a commemorative sculpture a lot of people i i haven't heard a lot of comments about our local one probably because it's small i think from what it looks like on the thing the boston one is like gigantic and it's in boston common and like you can like walk underneath it you know what i mean like it's huge right um but a lot of people seem to hate it i don't think it's particularly good um some people think it's phallic um and it's hard to refute that because they didn't put heads on them you know so it's hard to be like no that's a arm going up to a shoulder and not genitalia because the shoulder usually has a a head attached to it (laughs) and they decided not to include that part of the person in the sculpture there, there are some angles of it that you would not know that it was arms. It's a questionable from the pictures that I've it's seen. It's a questionable choice <laughs> to do. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit weirded. I don't think it's very good. Um, I'm, a, I, I, I want there to be a good Martin Luther King sculpture. Like, why don't you make a statue of the guy? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, have you ever seen a marble statue of like a famous? figure they're great you know they're awesome like you don't need to overthink that you know um the the um you know the 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 public garden right next to the common in boston for example actually the the common itself has a row um of 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 wonderful statues of uh mostly like abolitionist figures um going down the line that are that are just they're the image of the person right um the public garden you know, just a few hundred yards away has a magnificent George Washington, like just like up on his horse mm-hmm. with a sword, you know, and it's like, it's, it's huge and awesome. Just do something like that. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know, but it, it doesn't have to be abstract and like this weird, like, like, what does that even say? Like the husband and wife hugged each other. So we had civil rights. Like it just. I mean, does it, does it even say that when you don't even know who they are? When you don't looking? even know what it is. Right. No, I don't think so. It's a, it's a really strange, like, artistic and... Like, the idea of, like, arms intertwining as, like, a public art sculpture that you can, like, interact with and go under, like, maybe is interesting. Yeah. But, like, as a commemorative sculpture for, like, a specific couple. Right. Without their heads. In, like, a major city park, too. It's not, like, a museum piece. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a big permanent part of a 400 year old park you know yeah i just find the like the headlessness like disturbing yeah i mean you know the plow drivers talk about them being dehumanized what have we done what, to what does Martin it mean to like make a sculpture thing. of someone when you take their face away like exactly. a commemorative sculpture that you like remove their identity from it's pretty weird pretty weird it's pretty weird all right. Well, we 
have made a solemn vow because it's um it's just been far far too long and we do have a duty here and like because usually like we you know we try to keep these episodes to around an hour right and um we um when we're when we're being disciplined about it um and and a lot of times it's and sometimes to be frank with with our audience here it's not just about discipline it's about we we feel that we maybe don't have enough local events or stories or topics to talk about um but we usually save 10 minutes or so for the misconnections we didn't do that this time but we want to do them because it really has been like two months at least maybe three since we have um touched base and like helped people maybe connect so um we should we got to do at least a few of these yeah we can do a few haven't yeah I gotta you can go first if you can though because I really need to adjust my location here because it's wrong okay I do have one uh, to start with it's a it's a grocery store classic the the Fort Eddie Hannaford I guess okay where's that where's I guess maybe is that a street in Concord because it says Concord Hannaford oh, okay. Fort Eddie That's somewhere That's fine yeah all right. The The title is Hannaford Fort Eddie 114 Steak and Wine Conquered. And now this one, you know, we've talked about this before. I mm. really think this might be a woman. Tell me what you think. Yeah, I'm listening. Yep. To the man I met in the checkout line on Saturday afternoon, January 14th, taking a chance. Never posted here before, but I can't stop thinking about you. We met in line at Hannaford's. We talked about steak and wine. I loved your personality, humor, and looks. I noticed no ring. Wanted to give you my number, but I chickened out. If you happen across this, please reach out. If not, well, maybe I'll shop there again more in hopes to see you again. It could be. It's, it's not, you know, usually we can, like, I feel like we can, at least, and you're usually the one who does it, actually, um, flat out rule out it being a woman. And, and you can't do that here, which I think is um, compelling. I think, you know, if it's a, if it's a, M4M. I don't know if the ring would matter. You know what I mean? Like, there's. Yeah. Yeah. And it might. There's no hint of like. (laughs) There's no hint of like gayness to me. No, no, certainly not. No, I don't get that vibe at all. Yeah. No, you're right. And there's like just enough hesitation that makes me think it could be a woman. Yeah. No, I I think that that. That makes a lot I, of sense. I, 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 like, I like the start of this story. I hope that they do find each other. Me too. Um, so here's one that appears not not a... Um, well, actually, so it, it's actually Walmart and North Conway, which, if my memory serves me, is actually a grocery store Walmart, I think. Um, so I think this counts. And they are talking about food. The title of this, this is a very short story here, but um, I, I like the... I like the um, it's confident, this one. It's it's really, I don't know. So the title is, That is Good Bread. And all it says is, you'll know who I am if you are interested in getting to know each other, period. I would, period. So not not strong on the grammar in this one, <laughs> but, um, but definitely very much like, um, you know, you you know who you know who I am you know like let's get to know each other. Not a lot of information, so like really really this is only five days ago too. Like really confident. Um, good bread, Walmart, North Conway. Yeah. Uh, so if you're out there, 
this and this is a dude um for sure uh yeah um i've got i've got another walmart one this isn't like super exciting but it's but it's keen so i feel like you know it's the most yep. local one that i'm seeing right now okay yeah uh, i saw that one yeah so yeah we'll do, it. we'll do it just as a local service absolutely brunette shorter hair boots nice blue eyes around 2 p.m monday 1 9 you were behind me in line, and both smiled as the cashier was struggling with something. Grab a coffee or drink sometime? Nice. Um, yep, I like that. Um, that is a good one. That's local, everybody. So, Walmart and Keene. Keep an eye out. Monday the 9th. Were you there around 2 p.m.? Nice blue eyes. Brunette, shorter hair. Yeah. Um, both smiled. Um, so... Here's an interesting one. And based on the punctuation, I don't know, you tell me, but I think it's possible it's possible that this is a woman as well. Okay? okay. Or an M for M potentially. But this is some this is someone talking to a man for sure. I you okay. know so you tell me if you think it's a guy or a girl, but um and this is probably looks like a little bit up north, right? But but all it says is um the title is guy with plow on a red Ford truck waving on 93 North in New Hampshire. Okay. And right. this sounds like if, if these two people connect, like I think sparks right away based, just based on the tone of this, but I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you wanted me to take that exit with you. Exclamation, exclamation. Then I ended up getting a call that I had to take. So I couldn't stop further on. Tell me the make, model, and color of the vehicle I was driving and the exit you wanted me to take, and I'll make sure to buy you a coffee or a beer to make up for it! Exclamation mark. Hmm. What do you think? I think it's a man. You think so? Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a M for M plow hookup. Which I could see, which I could absolutely see. Yeah. And and let me ask this: Do you think that that's because? it's more difficult to imagine a woman willing to follow the plow guy, yes. the stranger off of the exit in Northern yes. New Hampshire. That does <laughs> that seem is like exactly why. <laughs> to end up as a mystery in one of those serial killer groups, um, serial killer, <laughs> New England groups. Um, definitely. Yeah, that's true. Is, is, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Actually. That's a, that's a compelling argument because that would be a, really horny thing to do like i mean you'd be putting yourself in a lot of danger um to do that as a woman you know like i get. i mean i guess it could happen though i mean i guess you know i mean dude's got a truck he can transport a body you know what i mean like right off the you know like you know like i don't know <laughs> who knows what kind of like interaction they were having down the highway though you know yeah i know right waving but like waving and wanting you to get off, but like you, but unsuccessfully communicating it right away, and it only sunk in later. You know what I, I mean? And then, like, yeah, I I think it's a man. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not. Yeah, I I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. But I, that's a, that's might be a good one to end on because it's like the plow the plow guy. See, we we don't we don't dislike <laughs> the plow guys. We want them to have. We want, love we want them to find love. We want them to find love. You know. Um, Regardless of the flavor. Yeah. You know, love, love is love. And, you know, we'll also um, pour one out tonight for uh, the great 
David Crosby, um, who is died. Uh, I've heard people uh, get the outro music on here. Um, the uh, <laughs> well, I, I really like David Crosby, and, and I, I like the birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young is great. He's a great fellow. Um, you know, somebody pointed out that he, he was an asshole, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, sometimes the great ones are, you know. Um, he's a crazy man, you know. Um, but other people, he's 81 years old. Other people I've seen been like, why don't they tell us the cause of death? And I'm like, the cause of death is being 81. Um, <laughs> doesn't really need to be much more than that. Um, so that's it for this week, folks. Special thanks to our sound lord. He deserves our props, regardless of whether he puts the music on at the beginning and the end. We love him anyway. And we're very eager to hear when he can analyze our tracks and, to, and compare the quality to what he usually receives if this new platform is truly superior. But Chad's our producer. He's got an outfit called Studio117.net. And if you reach out to him there, you can receive his services on anything Sonic anything sound related, anything where you need someone, whether it's yourself or a wide audience, to get some pleasant stimulation of some kind into their ears. Whether it's mixing, production, you know, consultation about setup, actually coming to run sound at your event, whatever it is, reach out to chat. But you might not be able to get him because his other gig, is as the lead guitarist for the premier hot dad rock band of New England, Down by 10. And they're going all around. They've got gigs like every weekend. It's crazy. They're going to be harder and harder to book for your programs. So catch them while you can. And before the music ends, I got to stop. So, you know, all the links are in the show notes. Reach out to Chad. He's a great guy. Thanks very much. Until we see you again in the Space Lounge, watch out for more bonus episodes with Andrew for the budget stuff. We're going to keep doing that. Um, But until we meet again, remember, take good advice. We'll see you next time in the Space Lounge.